Every day I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby. And Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean. Just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway wayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser Show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews, and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Thinking about selling your home, selling a home, or know someone who is, check out HomeZen. We love them. They're our sponsor. That's H-O-M-E-Z-E-N. They help you save $20,000 or more selling without an agent. That's pretty impressive. To learn more, go to myhomezen.com or call them and tell them that the Hey for Age podcast with Paul Wharton sent you 202-509-0553. Also, Weston Plastic Surgery, you know Dr. Ruff is our favorite guy. Maybe you need to do something for yourself this summer how about a makeover and it can be as easy as just a fabulous facial or maybe you want to try dermaplaning maybe a little botox any level any range you want westendplasticsurgery.com book your appointment today yeah Australian? <laughs> I didn't quite feel that far. That was good, though. I like the Australian. Uh, yes. So how are you? How was your trip? Oh, my God. It was wonderful. Did you have a great time? I had such a good time. I it, It's so crazy. It's like I could have stayed forever, but I was also ready to come back after three days. That's oh. how much fun I had. Oh, my God. Yeah, when you go so hard, you're like, all right, we I need We packed so much into those three days. You would, As soon as I hit the ground, I had, I mean, first of all, I was already drunk from the flight, but... <laughs> So, I mean, like, it was just, oh, it was so much stimulation, this trip. It was just wonderful. Well, it looked like a blast, and you were there for, what was it called, Red Rooster? No. Yeah, Red Rooster. Red Rooster, Any okay. Any foodies out there might know the chef Marcus Samuelson. So he's been on tons right. of shows, right? He's been on the Food Network. He's been on the big uh, NBC cooking show and all that as a judge. Well, he owns a restaurant in Harlem called the Red Rooster. So cool. It's one of the biggest, hottest restaurants in New York City. And they just opened uh, Red Rooster London. So it was opened in a brand new hotel called the Curtain Hotel, oh, God. which opened two days before in a little area called Shoreditch. And I'm telling you, it was <laughs> the party of the freaking season. Oh my God! No, 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 no! Y'all understand? No, you do not understand. Oh, it was the. Uh, 
So you walk in. I don't know how you did it. I mean, you were there like two days. I'm like, how does this well, man I went, keep I flew on keeping on? on wait, Wednesday. Wednesday, right? You flew on Wednesday. Oh, I flew out on Wednesday. Then when did you get back? Oh, I arrived there on Thursday morning. Okay. And the party was Thursday night. So we, we cocktailed. We had lunch. I had about a two-hour nap. And then I went to the party, and it was beautiful. And let me tell you about this Curtain Hotel. First of all, London has all these little private clubs. And Everywhere, I right? Oh, my God, I love that. So <laughs> so the Curtain Hotel, they have the Red Rooster downstairs. They have, like, a little taco place upstairs. It's super posh, super fancy. And then they have a private rooftop, which is, like, members only. But then they have a club that's, like, negative three on the floor, three floors below ground. Oh, my and God. And you put negative three in, and then they, it looks like a spa. And they uh. pretend like it's a spa. And they said, oh, you don't have an appointment at the spa. But, you know, of course, they told us that we did have an appointment. <laughs> and then they open the door to the spa, and then you go in, and it's this sexy, dark club. Are with people candles nude? dripping everywhere. No, not yet. Oh. No. We did. That was Friday night. Oh well, because I was I was asking you. I wanted to know when you when you left. We yeah. were discussing that you might be staying with this woman who was like a true hippie, and she was like, "We're gonna do what hippies do." And you were worried you're gonna have to have sex with her. She was a fake hippie. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, that woman. Let me tell you something. They have so much money, and in a previous life, I probably would have had sex with her and her husband and the housekeeper. But <laughs> and they invited us over. Yeah, I was behaving. So that night we were at the Red Rooster, and then after we checked out this club, this private. club, Club called the Shortish House. Amazing. You can, when you're a member, you can bring in three people. So we all like, you know, we found members at the club at a Red Rooster. So we all went over. Oh. And as soon as we got there, I met a guy in the elevator. As soon as, I mean, I wasted like no time. So I go all the way to London. I'm at the Shortish House and I meet a guy from DC in the Wait, elevator. In the elevator? From DC. Oh, That's I... amazing. Yeah. So we go Is it in. Cute. Cute. Cute enough, but kind of a little bit weird. No, no, cute. Everybody's cute in London. You know what I mean? I'm like, but I came over here. I don't want to hear an American accent. Like, oh yeah, please. Come on now, talk yeah. to me. Um, but he, we go up. He buys me a drink, and we have a good time. And um, but then he wants me to leave my friends. So Bevy was there. You, you know, Bevy Smith. Yeah, Bevy Smith. Bevy, and she was at a table with Cheryl, who's a member. And by the way, people probably know Bevy Smith. She was on Bravo. She had that show. What was the show with um, she and the two other guys from Real Housewives of Atlanta? And they kind of had their own. Um, I mean, you got to Google this. They had their own, basically, fashion, fashion police. Queens. Fashion queens. Yes, that fashion was it. Queens. That was it. With that Ms. show Lawrence was so and Derek good. J. Wasn't that awesome? Yes. So now they need she's going to gonna be on something called Page Six. It's going to be a new show this, yes. this fall on Fox, actually, okay. right? Yes. Yes. I've heard about this. Yeah, it's a daily show. It's all, like, it's kind of TMZ-ish. It's kind of gossip. It's all that. It's going to be very cool. Oh, well, it should be great, because she is kind of a nene leaks. Like, she'll just say it. Like, she say it how she means it. it. Yeah. So all my friends are at these two different tables at the shortage house and this guy that I met from DC he asked me if he could buy me a drink we go to the bar and then like about 30 minutes in he's like you know let's ditch, ditch this joint and like go to my apartment and I'm like but my friends and he's like no it'd be real cool let's just let's just roll out and I'm like but I don't really I can't I mean, if you were a little hotter and from <laughs> London, you know what I mean? I might have considered it. But, but that American accent just didn't do it. Mm-mm. Well, good. Well, glad you're back. We love following you on Insta because we. <laughs> I feel like I was just saying before, I mean, I don't even know why we do this show because I know your whole life, like every day. I mean, it's like, I got to stay off your Instagram to like, reveal something new. Yeah. Uh, but we have a ton of stories to talk about on uh, the show today. Um and I want to ask your advice on a couple of these. So first of all, I don't know if you've even had time, but I'm, I'm fascinated by this story. This makeup artist is getting trolled big time okay. because she essentially took a white woman and a lot of people believe she turned her black. Mm-hmm. But she is saying, no, I'm trying to show the range of makeup. So I want you to take a look at that. Also, a new blog post that I've been obsessed with is this is the single most important thing um, that you can do for a friendship. Okay. I want to see if you agree with that one. And then also, um, the other one that we've got to discuss is the burrito stand in Seattle, Washington, that's been shut down for cultural appropriation. Mm. I want to see if you agree with that or not. Okay. Um, I'm headed to Cuba tomorrow. Yo! So, okay. I know, I know. Get and, it, girl. Uh, now, I, I gotta tell you, I'm a little uncomfortable with this. You say you're staying in a hostel? No, what the fuck? So, I want you guys to know, I... I <laughs> are I, you really? Yes! Hostels are cool. Well, they're very cool, but you're like a... Have you seen the movie a, Hostel? 
Oh my god, I have seen the movie Hostel a while ago. Yeah, are you? Do you think I'm too like old for? Ho- is there an age cutoff for a hostel? You know, I'm 35. My grandparents do elder hostels all the oh, time, but they're what? like 85, so it's all old people. But you're not old okay. yet, so maybe, maybe not. I feel like there's like European kid hostels, like from like 18 to like 22. And then it starts again at, like, 80. This is intern Irene, by the way, <laughs> hey, telling me this. So you think I shouldn't be staying at a hostel? Well, I went on Airbnb in yeah. Cuba looking for, like, a deal, and there's a ton of great deals there. So supposedly the girls tell me in this group, mm-hmm. I'm going with three friends. So mm-hmm. one of them I grew up with, went to high school with, known her forever, right? And then that one of them is her coworker, and then a girl that she went to college with that lives in D.C., so I've known her, right? Mm-hmm. So they claim that even though this is called a hostel, that it's essentially like a bed and breakfast nice. in this older people's home. Oh, okay. That's not so bad. And <laughs> you all, oh, how many yeah. people share a room? Um, two in a room. Okay. We each get a twin bed. And... Um, <laughs> when? Okay. <laughs> Okay, Dennis the Menace. I mean, it's like, what the fuck? I'm supposed to do with Dennis, the Menace. Oh, oh, well, you have Dan, so. Dennis yeah. the Menace. So I'm staying there, and uh, when we get there, I've been told, you know, because your cell phone doesn't work, your email doesn't work, you have no Wi-Fi, you just give the address to the cab driver, and then um, the couple, lots of times, they don't have a doorbell or anything, and it's it's sort of the split-level home, so you just yell up to them, and they'll hear you through the balcony and come down. Okay. <laughs> You guys, this might be the last podcast you ever hear right, Sarah's exactly. voice on. I mean, yeah, you can take over. Learn the yeah. controls. Oh It'll be yeah, we're good. So, uh, yeah. But I have a million fucking things to do today. Yeah, I'm trying you... to run around. People tell me that you got to bring baby wipes now oh. because you can't even flush toilet paper or any to- toilet paper products. You wipe and then you throw in the trash. <laughs> Ooh, it's going to stink. Everyone went silent. Okay. I mean, what's the purpose of this trip? Is it just, I mean, what is it? (laughs) To learn the culture. Apparently, Cuba's amazing. Of course, President Trump just announced a couple weeks ago he's going to roll back a lot of the changes that President Obama made. So this Mm. is terrifying. Hopefully, he doesn't do that while While you're there. there. Um, And then I just, I had to get all this stuff, like earplugs. And um, then people say, bring your own tissues. You have to bring your own bath towel. You have to bring your own face cloth. I know. Okay. It's, are you down for this trip? I, I am so down to support you from a distance. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. Yeah. So I'm going to be spending the day doing that. And then um, over the weekend, what's Irene looking at? This is the this is the makeup artist who got slammed for. Oh, all right. Well, let's talk about that story. And then I, I you know, you don't. I always kind of talk about TV, like yeah. different TV shows, but you don't watch a lot of TV, do you? You know, I hate to say this, but, like, I watch old school shit. Like, I go at night when I have a moment, and I turn on, like, HBO Go. I'm just going to share. I go to Sopranos. I've watched each episode a thousand times, (laughs) but I'll flip through the seasons. And, like, right now, I'm, like, into season five. Like, it's just so crazy. But you know the whole show. I know everything that happened. So, but I watch it over and over again. And you don't, but you don't watch like new shows, right? Really, I watch Billions on Showtime. It makes me want to be rich. Billions on Showtime. Oh my god, what? that's my shit. With the guy <laughs> from what was the guy on Homeland? The redhead guy. Well, uh, the redhead guy on Homeland. Oh, I know who you mean, but I can't think of the actor's name. Yeah, he owns like a hedge fund, and he's like, uh, they are just so fucking rich. It's so crazy, and it's like him against yeah. the attorney general, but the attorney, well, not the attorney general, but somebody that works for the attorney general's office, and that guy's wife works at Axe Capital, um, which is the big company. I should know. Oh my god, it's so amazing. Show. Have y'all seen Damian Lewis? I think oh, you're talking about that actor. God, Damian everybody's Lewis. so rich. It's wonderful. I'm too poor to well, watch that show. <laughs> yeah, right. I, it makes me too sad. I guess the other thing, you know, I don't know if I know this about you or not. Was you were you ever raised like traditional religion? Like, did you guys ever were you Methodist? Were you Baptist? Like, what did we you? We were non-denominational Church of Christ. So we would Got go to the Church of Christ on 16th Street, actually in Washington D.C. Oh, I passed no. it every day coming here. So. On Netflix, mm-hmm. I've been obsessed, you know, because, of course, everybody knows I love documentaries and true crime. This isn't really a true crime, but there's a new series out called The Keepers. Has anybody I've even... seen it. I mean, oh I haven't God. seen the actual show. I just see it come up on Netflix. So what's it about? Okay, Irene, are you watching it? it? I'm not watching it, but I know the story of the murder because it was on my favorite murder and they talked about it. It's Ooh. insane. Oh, tell me. I might so watch it. So you got to get into this. Okay. But you will be so 
irritated. I want to have all these characters on this podcast because they live right up in Baltimore. Mm. And it's totally a true story. But it starts out as the two women trying to be in, they're investigators essentially and they're trying to find out who murdered sister Kathy Sesnick, okay. who was this sister at Coff High School, okay. a, a high school in Baltimore that was like a Catholic high school. But what you end up be revealing is a lot more like sinister kind of underlying details about mm. the Catholic Church and cover-ups of child molestation and child rape in the Catholic Ooh. Church. It's so... But what I wanted to talk about is, like, do you ever struggle with organized religion? Hmm. Because I watched this... I finished it last night, and I, I was raised Catholic. Not really. I call myself more of a cafeteria Catholic because, like, I was never... I never, like, was an altar kid. I never, like... Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if you pressed me to, like, say the rosary, I think I could get, like, two lines out. You know, I don't know all the Catholic sure. traditions. I can't even tell you the last time I went to confession, yeah. right? But I have a real problem after watching series like this and Spotlight. Did you ever see that movie Spotlight? I did, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I can give one more penny to the Catholic Church, period. Okay. And this is the other thing. I want you to tell me this. Because last <laughs> night I started trolling the Archdiocese of Baltimore's Twitter page. Okay. And basically going, you know, hey, motherfuckers, you always take up like a second collection at church. Right. Because you can't pay your light bill, supposedly. But, you know, if you're doing a second collection, why don't you do it for these Oh, I've never been to the black abuse? church. What do they do? With the phantom out back and the, and the hoopty out front. <laughs> Like the pastor will have like the Rolls Royce Phantom parked out back, and then the the you know parishioners will have like the hoopties out front. Don't you? Do and then you they find do that? like the second passing, the building fund. Then they do the young people fund. Then they do the whatever whatever fund. I mean, I went to this church with my friend Darnell. I won't say the name of the church, but how many? They funds? passed that thing so many times. <laughs> I started with cash. At the end, I was writing fucking checks. I'm like, grab my checkbook. I was like, y'all take credit cards. No, it was like, and then they set me right up front so everybody could stare at me and make sure that I gave money, you know, that kind of situation. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. I have such an issue with organized religion now, and I just wonder how people feel. Well, I got to say, my dad said something on the phone to me earlier today. Um, he was saying that um, someone said to him, well, you know, I feel... That, uh, you know, the relationship between me and my God is a very personal thing and I don't need to go to church. And my dad said, well, actually, you know, you do need to go to church and you won't find that in the Bible that you don't need to go to church. And I was like, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't agree with him at all, but I just didn't even have time to have that moment. You right, know what I mean? Right. I was like trying to get in the car and I'm like, oh, shit, I, I want to challenge you. My dad is very understanding, he's very smart and all that kind of stuff, but I just, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, do you have to go to church to be connected to God? I don't think so. I don't anymore. I'm actually going to start looking at um, other churches and like maybe like study some Buddhism because my mom always tells me, she's like, you know, and my mom's not really into Catholicism anymore either, but um, she always says, you know, all the shit that the Catholic Church does is what humans do. Sure. And so you really only use the Catholic Church as a catalyst to connect with God. So okay. if that's your place where you connect with God, because it's truly about your relationship with the universe and you, then go. Right. But if it's not, then you have to kind of take all the human stuff with you know, what humans do, sure. which is their faults and, you know, yeah. they obviously... But the Catholic Church just went to so many degrees, and it seems like in this documentary still is, to mm -hmm. basically cover up, move priests, push... And these priests are like, I mean, just hideous shit that they're doing to kids. You're Ooh. like, what the fuck? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm so outraged. But it's happening in Baltimore, which, again, we have a lot of Baltimore listeners. And my yeah. thing, too, is like Baltimore seems so fucked up. Well, you know, this it never happened in high school. I was a I went to Dematha Catholic High School when I was in high school. Oh, grade. you did go to a Catholic high school? Really? I did. I, did. So I started there and I finished at another school, but um, it was so interesting because at that age, as a freshman, I started to realize, you know, well, first of all, I knew I was gay, and I could recognize those traits in other people. And the first people I recognized it, were the priests. I'm like, they are such queens up in here. Now, there was never anything that happened. Like, nothing ever happened there where it came out. There was a big scandal or anything like that. 
But honey, they had their gowns on. They were switching up and down the hallways. I was like, <laughs> well, like, like I read, yes, queen, yeah, right, yes, right, yes, queen. <laughs> no, but I mean, really, I was like, these guys are gay. Like so much so, I didn't even want to tell my dad. I was like, no, no, they're gay. So I mean, you know. I just, I'm, you know, you can always weigh into by following us on social media. It's at Paul Wharton on uh, Twitter. It's Paul Wharton Style on Instagram. Uh, it's at HeyFrage on Twitter and Instagram or Sarah at HeyFrage.com and Paul Wharton Style at Yahoo.com. Um, so you can always email us. But I, first of all, we got to get some of the people because it's basically just regular citizens, these okay. women that went to this um, cough high school. Okay who ended up hearing these rumors that a priest actually is the one that may have allegedly murdered this nun. Wow. And yes, and so it, it spirals from there. But they are just ordinary women that live in Baltimore and wow. have created this amazing ripple effect. So we've got to get them on. Absolutely. And just, this is the other thing that just breaks my heart. And mm -hmm. I've had people email me over the years, but it's like the amount of devastation that sexual abuse causes sure. for so many years is just like, fuck, yeah. I can't believe that people do that to yeah, kids. It's I just amazing. I, I really can't either. Yeah, anyway, it's terrible. Sorry to be a Debbie Downer. I was just so fired up about this. I mean, I've been trolling the Archdiocese, and then Dan's like, you know, I really think you ought to delete those tweets. Mm. And I'm like, fuck them. Yeah. I mean, I want them to know what, you know, assholes they truly are. Yeah. Yeah. And I so I know. And then I also trolled them. I was like, you should take up a collection for, you know, all your pedophile priests, then you ought to take up a collection for how fucking clueless you are. <laughs> I, don't, mm. I don't know. Get a girl. Don't think too much. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Get it, girl. Boom. Okay. Right. Stand for I, anything I, of I like Welcome I, home to me, huh? Honestly, did anyone else? <laughs> Remember when Paul came in and said, let's talk about happy stuff today. <laughs> we do. We, we, we will move on. I'll just say this. I understand how. Remember the yeah. crazy guy drove up from North Carolina yeah. and went into, like, um, pizza? Comet Pizza? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm close to doing that with Archdiocese of you Baltimore. You should, dude. I mean, I'm just going to run in there, and I don't know what. No, I think you won't. I'm going to come in waving okay. a dildo. <laughs> anyway. That was my life. So, um, okay, let's talk. We have to talk about, too, I think by far the most fascinating topic on this mm -hmm. podcast today is going to be your hair. Okay. Oh, so stuff. Your hair discussion. You want to talk about that first, or do we want to talk some stories? Well, I want to share something. It is just, Ooh, it's just came up in my mind, okay? Now, Please. I'm going to be really honest about something. No, 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 really. It's not. It's not. It's kind of not fun, but I would really, <laughs> I need your help okay. on it. No worries. Okay. We've gone down the not fun path. We're on it. Ooh, I was not going to talk about this, but I got to talk okay. about oh, it. Good. Okay. So my dad is married to Renee. Okay. That's my stepmother. Okay. Uh, this is a, a way overshare. I'm about to just do it because I'm bringing it That's home. That's what this podcast is like about. We love Renee. We love Renee. Renee has a son named Marty. He's had some issues in his life. He's a great, 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 wonderful guy, but he's been kind of in and out of the penitentiary and all that kind of stuff. Um, connected to drug abuse and that kind of thing. Okay. He was married to Della. He was married to Della. Now they're divorced. They had a son named Philip, and they had a okay. daughter. They have a daughter named Jessica. So I flew out on Wednesday, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my flight was at six or something. When I got to London. Um, I got a, these messages from my dad, you know, call me. So there was a, an accident on Wednesday night. Oh, all right? shit. Um, in Jessup, Maryland. I don't know if you saw this, but it was a young man on a motorcycle. Okay. 21 years old. Um, Philip has a son named Alonzo. Philip was on a motorcycle. He had just gotten the motorcycle that day. Okay. And he got hit by a car and he got killed. Oh, my God. Wait, and this is Marty's... This is Marty's son. This is my stepmother's grandson. Okay, Marty's son. And my, you know, my dad has basically, it's been his, like, his grandson. But the interesting thing about... Okay, so I went on... Of course, I was already in London. Um, right, right. I'm not There's especially can... close to Philip. I have three nieces. One of my nieces is very close to him, Anasia. She's the same age as Philip. Gotcha. Okay, so they grew up together. But you have to realize, for me, and I'm going to just... I'm going to kick it, it to you there. real. I'm going to kick it to you real. There was a... My situation, when I was 19, I moved to New York City, okay? Right. I went in a... My friend Delilah dropped me off at the airport. I took two suitcases. I moved to New York City. And I just... Nobody sent me off. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, my mom was kind of doing her own thing. My dad was doing his own thing. They're lovely people. My dad and I couldn't be closer now. But there's a part of me that could have a little resentment. Sure. 
or maybe I've just moved on in a, in my own way. I have a self-preservation side of me, okay? So when Philip was coming up and Jessica and all that and, and my dad and Renee, like I just let them have their own life because they never really, they never came to visit me in New York. They never called. Really around that time, they, you know, it was just kind of like I just went. Right, and it was probably, yeah, an odd. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. I think a part of it was probably me being gay. Okay. okay. My dad had to come to uh, terms with that within okay. himself. Sure. Now, like I say, we couldn't be closer, but that's something that we don't speak of. Okay. Yeah. We don't really talk about it. So as I saw the way that Philip was going in his life, getting into a bit of trouble, doing certain things, being immature, and I felt like they were kind of, you know, oh well, it's Phil. Oh, you know, oh, Phil. You know, get it together now, Phil. And I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe Phil needs to do like I did and just go out on your own and, like, figure your shit out. Right. Okay? And I saw this coming. And I hate to say this, and I'm sharing this mm. with the podcast and with you guys, because when my my sister ended up telling me, because I called her before my dad, I wasn't surprised. Very sad for the family, but right. I wasn't really surprised because I saw him going down this road. Right. Do you know? Yeah. No, I, so yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like I wanted to share this because there is a, there's, there's a, there's something going on in my head that's kind of like, mm. well, shit, I went and had a fucking fabulous time in London. I did. I went and I lived every moment of my life because I really do feel like life is short and I feel like I'm kind of on my own path, not not meaning that I don't love my family or sure. extended family, which I certainly do. This this fellow is not blood related to me, but he's very close with my father and he's my stepmother's grandson. And so I think as I came back, it's kind of like I'm planning to contribute for the funeral. Like I will help the, yeah. with the funeral cost and all that kind of stuff. That's very generous of you. But that, I yeah. don't even know that I'm going to go to the funeral, to be honest I don't honest know that you. I would even help. Oh, I would. <laughs> yeah? Well, no, but here's my thing. Okay, hearing this story, and I could be totally wrong, but I'm sensing, like, does this, does Philip's death and kind of the way that you two were treated differently, I mean, is that, like, bringing up, well, like, yeah, a Phil, little bit of Phil, resentment? Well, maybe so. I think that, I think that a lot of the mistakes that my father feel like he made with us, with me in particular. Right. I was not in any extracurricular activities. None. Like, I mean, I went to honors course like one year. I did one season of soccer. And I said to my father, I said, how the fuck did I turn out so damn evolved? Because <laughs> you Why? Because they just wouldn't, they didn't want to, they didn't want you to participate in those. They just were busy doing their own thing. It so, wasn't a priority. And so right. when Phil came along, he had Boy Scouts and he had all this. And I'm not resentful toward Phil. Mm. It's just that I had to go and find a life. Right. I remember when I was 16 years old, you know, I got a Jag when I was 16. Okay, I told that story before. Yes. I had a Jaguar. and But I didn't have friends, but I had a Jaguar. Okay, so, right. you know, I got a life later. But I remember I used to, like, try to schedule all these things with my dad. Oh, dad, the car show's in town and this and that. And one day he said to me, he says, Paul, I'm very busy. You have a car now. Go mm-hmm. out there and get yourself a life. And I was such a sensitive teenager <gasps> that before that moment, and I had a moment like this with my mom about a year before, and I had a moment like this with my dad. That was the first time. That made me a man in that moment. I didn't break and cry, because before that, I would have shattered into a thousand pieces and cried. And about the year before that, I'll tell you, I had a moment with my mom, because she would always go out, and she was very social like I am now. And I said, Mom, I don't want you to go. I want you to stay in the house. And she said, how long do you think I have in my life to look like this and to feel this good and to have these great friends? But let me tell you something. If you want me to stay, I will take off my shoes right now and I'll stay. And I didn't cry. And I said, no, you know what? I want you to go. And I meant it. Wow. And I meant it. So when my dad told me to go get a life at 16 years old and get in my jag and go get a life, you know what I did? I went upstairs, I put some fucking gel in my hair, I put on my little Versace outfit, because yes, I had Versace at 16, and I got in my fucking car with no fucking where to go, and I went out and got a life. And I flew out of here at 19 years old to New York City, and I never fucking looked back. And I came back with a life. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes! So I think that... But that is so... I mean, I just feel like it's so brave. Like, you're so great to share that, because I know so many people listening will relate to that, because that's such hard moments and 
yeah, you really had to grow up. I guess that. the guilt is, yeah. or the feeling is, because yeah, I don't really tough. believe in guilt. The the feeling is, how can I be authentic to the the most conversation I ever had with Phil was, hi Uncle Paul. He said, I said, hey Phil, how you doing? You know, we didn't have each other's phone numbers or anything like that. Sure. The compassion is still there for the loss. But I'm seeing it expressed in a different way. Like, my sister has a different relationship, and she's, oh, pray for the family. It's all over all their social media. My my niece, oh, my God, I'm breaking on this. You know, and I'm, like, feel like the, the black sheep. I'm a bit on the outside of all that. Right, because you had an entirely different you know? feeling like, and approach. I don't know them in that way. So I'm just like, let me just write a check and send my love but I don't know that I want to sit up there and have people console me because I'm not a part of that. Wow. Do you no, know? I think that's so honest and so brave. So that's what I wanted to share because I, I'm thinking about it and I'm and there was a part of me that's like, damn, why am I having such a good time in London? And I said, you know why? Because you had to go and get yourself a life. And this is part of me having a life. Wow. Too much? No, no, we're with you. I mean, I think that's like a dilemma that so many people have, and especially when you have a step family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have step sisters. Well, I mean, my mom's divorced, and now she's like hanging out with my stepfather again. That's a whole other story. (laughs) Oh God, I love it. I love it. Yes. Oh my God, I'll tell you about my mom. Oh my God, I love her dearly, but you know, she keeps me entertained. But anyway, but I understand that separation of Mm -hmm. different families. Now, when my mom and Andy got married, my stepsisters were older. They were, like, out of college, so they were getting married. They kind of had their own families. But I understand they not having an emotional connection with them, you know, that's kind of... Yeah, definitely connected with my stepmother, Mm -hmm. and I feel for them. I do. I really feel for them. But Friday, I have a meeting with my publisher. You know, I just finished my book, Mm -hmm. like, a couple weeks ago. I'm supposed to be in New York. I do the show on Friday morning. I co-host Good Day. And then I go and I fly out of here to go to New York. Meeting with my publisher. And you remember that rendezvous I told you about? You remember with the guy? Yes, 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 yes. So that happens on, we're staying at this uh, this hotel called the West House. Friday through Sunday night. So I go meet with my publisher, which to me is a huge triumph. And then I go Huge. have my weekend. So can I just write a check and give them the money and then go and do my own thing? Is that okay? Yeah. Because the, the memorial service is Friday night here. I think... Well, you're so generous. Why do you feel like you... Here's my question. Why do you feel like you have to even give money? Yeah. Because your family does well. Why do you feel like you have to... Well, I think that you're fine to go live your own life because, you, I mean, you should... And also, like, if you have this disconnect almost with this particular family in this situation, I know that, like, because, like, when my dad passed away, people would just, like, send money, which I didn't know was a thing. So I kind of get that. Yeah. But I don't think you should be covering, like, the whole funeral. I'm not going to cover the whole funeral. Yeah. But, you know, also it's his parents that yeah. are doing it. Um, it's not, like, my, it's, it's, it's Bill's Marty's. parents. It's Marty. Right, Marty. And his former wife. And they're coordinating everything. And I saw that they have a GoFundMe page, which I was kind of like, why didn't we just do this within, like, no. couldn't somebody just call somebody? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, I would never have done that. You know, right. I would do a GoFundMe if I'm trying to produce a fucking movie or something. Right. And I get it. <laughs> but, it's like, but, right. but we yeah. could have done this within the family. And this even makes me further feel like I'm disconnected because I'm just like, I don't know what's going on with this yeah, situation. Like, you know, like, right. so I'm going to hit the GoFundMe yeah. since that's what they want to do, send my love, but also I haven't dealt with my stepmother. I haven't even called her yet. Oh. I've called my dad. I've talked to my dad every step of the way. How can I support? How can I help? What, what should I do? That's all you need to you do. Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How close are you to Renee? As this is AJ. You probably people can't hear you. Um, you have to jump. Come, come. You can come on the mic. I'm, AJ I'm was asking close. how close you are to. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty cool. I, I respect her and I love her dearly, but you know, yeah. I went on my own way. So. Well, I think it's just so. I, I just think it's so brave because it also. I mean, for you and you, you have a therapist, right? Have you talked to your Mm-mm. therapist about this yet? Oh, you don't have a therapist. No, oh. I don't. I need one. You need I one. I need one too. Because. Yeah. 
I feel like when things happen like this in life, also, I just feel for you. You know what I'm saying? It's a tragedy what happened to Phil and his parents and your father and Renee. But then, I don't know. There's, like, part of me that grieves for you because that's, like, we all have those things. Like, Irene and I lost a parent. Like, when you lose a parent at 15 years old that you are really close with, you just grow up in that minute. Sure. Like, there's just no going back to fun and what it's like to just, like, hang with your family. It All that's gone because yeah. it's just everything you counted on was taken away from you. So in your circumstance, I can see those two impactful moments being so big for you. And With that's, my parents. Yeah, because parents, like you yeah. said, in that moment, you're no longer a kid. It's like, damn. I think the one with my mom took me from being a mama's boy which to a boy that loves his mama. And right. I am also so thankful that I've had the opportunity to have a full circle with my father. Yeah, you have, yeah. we are so close, and we are, you know, we have such a great bond, and we talk all throughout the day, and he has a lot of input in my life, but yet and still, he still knows that there are some things he didn't really do when I was a kid that he tried to make up with with Phil. So as I saw that, instead of, I never was really resentful. I don't think I was. I probably had to go through therapy to figure that out. But what I did was I just stayed my course. And I just right. kept like, let me go. Let me do my own thing. Let I me think move forward. I your that. choice is a lot easier. I feel like your dad's going to have a much harder time. I call him the Nozempic Ben on Ozempic doctor. I'm talking about Dr. Applin and his wife who founded My Optimal Body. I am so happy about this. These are the first mindful eating-based doctors I have ever partnered with. They see patients nationwide, and they are seeing more patients who have been on Ozempic, and Ozempic has failed for them. What makes My Optimal Body so unique, and why am I endorsing them? It's because Dr. Applin actually looks at food additives, your, your addiction to food, your mental health. They do a whole look at you, including your gut health. Many of Dr. Applin's patients are working out, restricting their diets, and still gaining weight. Why is that? Because something's going on in your body and with your mind. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Be sure to tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. Again, that's MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Dealing with this. And then dealing with his, like, not that y'all have a bad relationship at all, but I feel like this is going to impact him more. Mm-hmm. That, like, I think your choice is clear cut. Like, yeah. I think if you're not super comfortable going, obviously don't go. They know that you love them and they know that you're supporting them. I think you're more worried about your dad and, like, what he's going to think if you're not there. Well, there have been times, and I got to say this, and I don't want to take too much of this time on this podcast, <laughs> no, but, I mean, this fine. is like it turned into therapy. Yeah, but there is. have been times. Yeah, why do you need therapy? We're right here. Oh, my right. God, this is going to be therapy hour. It should be seriously the new name. But there have been times in my experience with my dad 
that have made me feel when I showed up with all my forwardness yeah. and my long blowout, which may, which we may, <laughs> which we might cut. We want y'all's opinion about, um, and all of that Paul Wartonness and stuff. Okay, when I would show up and be around his, um, you know, his his Paul Wartonness, right? Because he's senior, and his friends and his co, and I, I remember feeling. A few times, like he wasn't really claiming me, okay? Right. No, this is a, this is yes. my honest feel. So for me, it's kind of like when I don't want to go somewhere, and sometimes people tell me, "Oh, you just are, you are all about you." I said, "No, no, no, I'm not. I'm just okay going on my own." Right. I'm. You don't have to do what I want to do, but I'm going to do what I want to do. Sure. You know, I'm yes. really firm on that. So because of that, because when I would show up thinking, "Well, I got to be there for the family," and then I kind of felt like. Mm, nobody's really there for you. Nobody's claiming me. Right. So let me just do what makes me feel good. Going to this this memorial service on Friday, I don't feel it's going to make me feel good and I don't know that I'm really needed there. Do you know? Right. So that's how I feel. Anyway. I that is so good. You're gonna <laughs> love by the way, I just yeah. want to tell you this, you're gonna love therapy because therapy I think makes you realize first of all, there's no perfect parents, right? So mm-hmm. like our parents just do the best that they can with Absolutely. what they have, mm-hmm. right? But um so much shit comes out of your childhood. Like and it just shows up. Like my therapist always told me what you resist persists. Mm-hmm. And um I never really knew what that meant until I got in there and started kind of like you think you're over something from your childhood like a parent death or moments like you have with your parents and then you realize like fuck it continues to show up unless I become kind of aware of yeah. that. Like, I'm, I think part of the reason I'm so clingy with Dan mm-hmm. is because with me, I feel like I'm almost too much in relationships because I know, like, well, it could all be gone. Okay. Well, what if you die? You know, like, it automatically goes to, like, the worst place. And, like, part of me not wanting to have kids, I think, is, like, I don't know, could I ever live if something happened to them? Like, I can't, because I know what it's like to, like, have somebody die in your... Or maybe if something happened to someone like Dan, what would you do? You don't want to be, like... In your situation, what you had to go through as a teenager. Exactly. Then I think, mm-hmm. then there's part of me that's like, oh my God, if I'm going to have a kid with Dan, we have to have it now because he'll be young. What if he gets older and he gets, you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it creates this whole story in your mind. And you have a different story because you have yeah. different experiences than I do, but I think you'll love therapy. Well, there was a part of me on Friday night, I went to a club called The Box. <laughs> Google that shit. The I, Box in London. I've always wanted to go because there was one in New York. Yes, where and it's I've been there like, too. Crazy it anything is goes. crazy as shit. And let me tell you, I let a girl jump on my face. <laughs> she straddled her legs. So she was performing. She's known, <laughs> which I found out later, as the biggest gusher in <laughs> The fucking world. She's like in the Guinness Book of World Gushers. What? And for squirting. Hell and yeah, she girl. Jumped on my Most face. For famous. one thing, Kimberly Nicole, our friend from New York, she was on the boys. She hosted the box, so she got us in. Oh, we were walking up, me and Sidra, and the people were like, "The queues back there." We're like, "We don't wait in queues. We're from America." <laughs> <laughs> we go to the front. We go in. These people are performing. One guy named Brent. Have you ever seen the guy who like paints with his penis? Yes. Uh, he no. was there. He oh performed. You guys have got to Google what? all this stuff. This is he amazing. was there. He whipped his dick out and painted. He whipped his dick out. <laughs> he dropped it in some black ink and he went to it. Yes. Yeah, I'm him? looking at the 20. Um, Brent Ray Frazier. That's him. He performed. Holy and then crap. also, and then the girl, um, yeah, she jumped on my face and she like completely, I was so into it. But I think it was part of this whole, like, you know, what you were going go. through. Yeah, because yeah. I was just kind of like, no, if I'm going to live, I don't want to be restrained. Oh, like, let me just go crazy. Yeah, and I did. Super hot. Did. Oh and I God. super, yeah, I did. Okay, well, we have to get to these stories, and then we have to talk about your hair, because that was okay. a moment. Um, what is he holding? So, okay, ladies, can we get come back? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They're looking at this. He's penis. super hot, too, like, obviously. The guy who you paints can't with paint his penis. But he's really into his art. He's not just all about sex. In fact, his penis is so like rough from all that painting oh. and he dips it in acrylic paint that it's got like calluses all over it now well, like he probably doesn't even he said he doesn't even have sex uh, oh god well that is 
I can't believe you'd waste your penis on basically painting, although he's probably worth millions of dollars, so it's probably worth it. Um, all right, so I want to ask your opinion about yeah. this. I know Irene was bringing up the picture of the makeup artist that's now being trolled. Yeah. She said to put everything basically on private. So she is a makeup artist that ended up turning a white model. Would you call that blackface? I'm just going to ask you point blank. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The The model looks ethnic to me. The model looks black in the first place. She just looks like a very light-skinned black woman to me. Are you sure that that model's white, doesn't she? Yeah. Look at her features. Look at her nose. Look at her yeah, lips. Yeah, because her she lips. didn't change her features, and she didn't contour her in a way that like accentuates any her lips traditionally black features. I think that that's a black model. I know that they're saying that's a white model, but I don't know. That girl does not look white to me. Well... They say in the article, basically, right, she is white. I think because the makeup artist ends up putting, and she even puts a disclosure on Instagram. Okay, she writes, hey, look, I'm getting tired of doing the same old makeup crap. I want to show the range of makeup. This is is not supposed to be doing blackface. Like, I am just literally trying to show different, different techniques with makeup. Listen, what do you think? Are you th- I think that we all need to chill the fuck out. And I think she should be able to show her different techniques in makeup. And what's to say that somebody like a Kim Kardashian with all her bronzeness, because you've seen her without yeah. makeup, she's awfully pale and she's got little blotchy, you know, red marks and all that kind of stuff. You know, so who cares? Kylie didn't used to look like that. I mean, is that blackface? So if you do a few shades darker, does it turn into blackface? Well, I do think the Kardashians get trolled all the time for cultural appropriation because, I mean, basically, didn't Kylie Jenner get butt implants? Kim's admitted to getting butt implants. Essentially, a lot of people So there's no white women with big butts? I don't believe that. (laughs) Well, I think there are some white women with big butts, but I don't know that they're... I, don't I just, think it's I'm as not, I just don't like to be put in a box. I don't want to be made to say, okay, you can do this, but you can't do that. You're, a, uh, you know, a black man, so you have to look like this. So you're a white straight woman, you have to look like that. I mean, who gives a fuck? I let agree. people live and let live. And the only people that have big issues with this are people that aren't truly happy in the life that they're living. I want so to be black. Fu- do I'm like my dad to told me. Get a fucking life. Okay. <laughs> If I wear cornrows, do you think that's uh, cultural appropriation? No, see, Donna, you just went too far. No, it's just, oh, no, it's just not a good look. That's all that is. <laughs> if I got look. a jerry curl, right. what do we think? Right, exactly. You just look like shit. Okay, well, I'm always trying to look like a different race or nationality. <laughs> uh, speaking of um, other interesting stories that I wanted to talk about, this Portland, Oregon burrito stand has also been forced to close down for cultural appropriation. Two white women gave a, um article... Or they gave an interview to a newspaper, and in the article they say that they went to Mexico and they learned various taco-making and burrito-making techniques from Mexican women. And they brought those recipes and traditions back, and now they've been trolled so hard on social media, and in person they had to close down their taco stand. You think that? The it's damn taco stand. <laughs> it went down, yeah. It was called was Cook's Burrito, and it shut down because two white women who owned it have now also deleted all of their social media as well as the business's existence after they were trolled so hard for being called out as two white women who went down to Mexico. I just, I'm so fascinated. Like, why do people give in to the trolls? Like, I just feel like, fuck you guys. Like, who I cares? I blame this on Trump. I mean, I just do. You do? This all this make America great again shit is just coming back. But I mean, it's, it's just it's just imploding. So uh, the the white women became the subject of local editors, and of course, Mick.com fanned the flames with an article. These white cooks bragged about stealing recipes from Mexico to start a Portland business. Companies, what about being inspired by? They couldn't have just been inspired maybe by? Maybe they used the wrong words. I just wonder, when is it going to be like, when are we going to get trolled, and what for? <laughs> Well, they control me because I don't give a fuck. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm going to keep doing exactly what I'm what I'm doing or whatever I want to do. If people called this podcast cultural appropriation, fuck you. I wouldn't take this down at all. Like who was doing what to me? Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I mean, you know what I mean? I just change from every day. I mean, what I I I don't know, Sarah. This is a tough conversation for me because. Well, I disagree with all of it. It's a part. It's like trying to keep someone. Like you have to walk this path. You have to. I mean, we've evolved. People should have options to do what they want to do. I completely agree. Uh, We want to remind you to come to Wolf Trap June 11th. We have plans for you the entire weekend of June 10th and 11th. We are 
going to be in Pride Parade. So we absolutely want you to come out. We'll be in the, walking in the parade. Irene, the intern, will be there. AJ, the intern, will be there. Paul will be there. I'll be there. We'll be with Freddy's Beach Bar. And then on Sunday, June 11th, we are doing an awesome pre-party before the B-52s. Oh, it's going to be fun. You need to get your tickets. $45 gets you a ticket to the B-52s. And, oh, I need to bring love up some room. Love Shack. Love Shack. Love Shack. Love Shack. Oh, I'm going to be showing <laughs> By the way, my ass are you going to sing? Will you sing? Oh, for everybody gosh. there? Absolutely. Uh, wolftrap.org is the website, and you can just look for the picture of Paul and me. <laughs> Purchase your ticket, $45. That's going to be fun. Oh, is it so 45 bucks? $45 gets you into our pre-party and, and, the, the, show. and the show. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Come on, y'all. I want to see you there. Oh, hey. <laughs> We're going to spread some love that day, ain't we? Oh, my God. It'll be so much fun. Uh, it starts at 6.30 p.m. Yeah. And uh, you can also check out the summer season for Wolf Trap. Wolf Trap has some incredible shows coming up, including Diana Ross, which Ooh. Paul wants to see. I know. Do you know? Sting is going to be there. Cool in the gang. Like oh, cool, cool in the gang. Oh, my God. My friend is married to DT and Cool in the Gang. Really? I'm going to get us backstage. We're going to get on stage for that one. Yeah. Oh, my God. We ought to yes, be out Pinoir. there. Cool in the Gang would be amazing. Pinoy. And maybe I'll have them on the, we'll have them on the podcast while they're here. Cool in the Gang would be so awesome yeah. to interview. Uh, so the B-52s, June 11th, wolftrap.org. Don't forget. And we will absolutely see you there. Um, a couple other things. Do you think the number one most important thing that you can do for a friend in a friendship is just show up for them? Show up for them for their charity events. Show up for them for their, um, whether they're like a comedian, just showing up. You think that's the biggest thing you can do <laughs> in a friendship? Like, are we going somewhere with this? Sarah's <laughs> like, I, I have a comedy show. <laughs> I want I'm thinking come. about bringing back my stand-up comedy career. Would you? <gasps> and I need Oh, my be. God. Yes. And I am doing the same thing. Are you going to? What are you doing? I'm doing a stand-up show. You when? know I did one before. No. What? Did you know I did one after the improv? Well, I think I did. Wasn't your friend with you? You like, didn't she... come. <laughs> oh, so, didn't you, 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 right. She heard about it. But no, I've got I've got one cooking. It's going to happen on my birthday on October 16th. It's a big show. I haven't shared that with anybody. Oh, my God. Are you going... So, you're going to perform at your birthday party? Like, we're all going to come and you're going to do a stand-up no, set? No, it's a big stand-up show. It's a big stand-up show. Big, big, Get big. Get out of town. Yeah. That's amazing. It's all, I have a whole too many people working on it. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. And you're going to do a set. You. I'm going to do the whole fucking show. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Paul, have you ever... Okay, aside from the one time you did stand-up, have you really ever done stand-up? Nope. <laughs> Stand-up is, like, the hardest thing to, to like, master. Are you, are you going to practice before your birthday? Of course. I'm writing it now. <laughs> I've got, like, half the show written. What are you going to do? Anything you can share? Anything you can share? I'm not sharing share? with you. Look, look, you do your own show. Give us a little tasty taste. What is it? You know me. I like to tell my stories. So it's just going to be controlled, a little bit more controlled. I'm going to tell my stories, and I'm going to... That'd be you amazing. Uh, Wendy Atterbury is an advice columnist, and she says over her 30 uh, years of experience, she says the number one thing that you can do for a friend, because friendships will come and go, and friendships are hard to keep going as you get older in life, is actually showing up. She it. says that every good friend um, that you have is a person that actually comes and shows up when you need them. And not just when you need them, but when you're throwing something. And she says, to be clear who your friends are, really pay attention to who actually shows up. Because she says, the people that show up are the ones that you don't expect well. You think that's Absolutely. true? Absolutely. And what I think it's very true. And what about the people that are in your life that always show up, but yet you never really let them into the friend zone, the total friend zone? Because you're always reserving it for all these other people. And then you look up one day and you're like, damn, you're always showing up. And these other people that I'm claiming, oh, that's my BFF, that's my bestie, that's my this, they're not showing up. That happened to me recently. That's what she says. Yeah, it did? I believe. Because uh, yeah. this advice columnist says the key to long-lasting friendship is to weed out the ones who keep letting you down. Not just once, but over and over. And hang on to those that keep showing up. When did you have, Irene, when did you have a friend that didn't show up? So my best friend of like 13 years all one day just decided we weren't friends anymore she said we need to have a we need to have a break i can't be your friend right now like for a re for like i started dating this guy and she liked his friend and like i guess i started being happy and she wasn't really like there for me and so i had put myself like behind her like i i had her back so hard for 13 years 14 years whatever and I put her happiness above mine a bunch of times, which was my fault. You showed up. 
Oh, I showed up. Yeah. Aggressively, like mm-hmm. hardcore. Um, and then she just stopped being my friend. And then my other friend, Juliet, who had been follow her Juliet Piper music. Uh, she's a singer songwriter. <laughs> shout out. Okay. She's amazing. It's a plug. Um, and she had always been there. Like, but I was just like, oh, we're friends. We're friends. We're friends. And now, like, we call each other every day. She's always there for so me. It works. She listens to all my shit. Yeah, dude. Like. It it, works. it matters, just like Paul was saying, and like what you're saying, like the people you never were really expecting that are always there for you, end up being the ones that are like actually good friends to you. And I'm still heartbroken over my other friend, and I miss her every day. But I no, I agree with that. But you know what is interesting about that? I uh, I don't know. It's kind of depressing when you really think about how many people actually show up. It's not that many. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. It's not that many. I mean, not the ones that you that you are giving that kind of you know acknowledgement to. And I'll be honest, I'm not showing up for you past seven thirty. So <laughs> <laughs> she's only going to the first half of the comedy show. You know, some friend invited Dan and us, Dan and me, to uh, to dinner over the weekend, and they the party started at seven thirty. I'm like, fuck off! Are you kidding? I'm not driving out to Leesburg at seven thirty. I don't care. Like, I'll Skype with you, and like, if you're sick, I mean, honestly, this is like to me. I have a great girlfriend, right? She's going through breast cancer. She's in like her mid forties. All good prognosis, right? Yeah. So this isn't a depressing story. We're not. We won't go down that road. Right. But. Um, but, you know, I just, like, go over and have tea with her. Like, it, and it, that is showing up when she needs me. But I like friendships where you can, like, I don't need somebody to check in with me all the time. Just Dan. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm like, attached to Dan. Yeah, but, so, but you have to realize, for other people, they may, they might need that if they're not in a relationship. Well, I think that's the thing. And I have had a friend break up with me recently, or she tried, that I've known forever. Because she was like, you she don't tried really, and I held her. <laughs> you don't really, like, show and up. You gotta and you got to take a fucking nap and come out after 7 o'clock because you canceled <laughs> on my Debbie Allen event. And it's so crazy that I had like 300 people show up to that fucking party and only like maybe 10 close, close, close friends. It's so crazy that everybody there, they all want to be there. They're like, oh, this is so great to meet you. And I'm like, where are my main people? Okay, see, here's the thing. I love going to lunch with you. When we went to Maribel and we had like a lovely one-on-one brunch. Like, but you have so many friends, and you know nothing against your friends. But I like you. I don't yeah. give a fuck about anybody right. else, and I don't want to come to a nightclub and listen to this loud music that I don't care about, and socialize with a couple other people who want to rub their wangs up on me. I, no, <laughs> I only want to talk to you. Really? So that's why I knew. Where aren't you in the people business? I love people between yes. the hours of 6 a.m. <laughs> and 6 p.m. But beyond 6 p.m., it's like no, I don't want to talk about the podcast. Okay. No, I get it. I want to have a lovely lunch with you. I'd love to go to Mexico. But sometimes if I need you to show up after 7.30, show up. And I'm going to tell you when I need you to show up after 7.30. We'll do a code, yeah. Okay. Um, Before we get to your hair story, which is epic, um, (laughs) Irene's been designated as our sports person today because she wanted to talk about Bryce Harper. And can we please talk about Tiger Woods being arrested in his mug shop? I'm I'm obsessed with Bryce Harper. Like, my boyfriend and I will go to Nats games, and I, I only go to watch Bryce Harper and, like, get drunk and think about him. Um, so when I heard he got in a fight yesterday, I was freaking out because obviously I want to see my baby punch someone in the face for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he was, so he's the Nationals. Um, he's on the Nationals and the San Francisco Giants reliever, Hunter Strickland, they have like a past. So Bryce Harper got a few home runs on this guy about three years ago in the finals. And what happened was, this was the first time they were seeing each other again. Strickland was pitching to Harper, and he's a professional pitcher. He knows exactly where he's aiming. He knows exactly how to throw the ball, and he throws a 96-mile-an-hour fastball <laughs> at Harper's right hip, and Ooh. that's going to fucking hurt, obviously. Yeah. Um, and Harper kind of, like, you know, backs up for a second, and you can see immediately he gets so mad because he's hurt. Did it hit him? Yeah, it mm-hmm. hit him hard. Wow. So he, like... Did he take a ball? Yeah, yeah, So he he goes back, um, he reacts to the pitch, and then... Oh, wait, this isn't it. Oh, yeah, so, Paul, have you seen this video? No. This is the first time? Okay. Yeah. I watched this video so he, several times. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm probably the only one that doesn't think that Bryce Harper's attractive, but... Oh, okay, so know. here it is. I just don't think he's out of... Do you think he's attractive, AJ? Our other AJ's our other intern. Like, well, he did that men's health thing, and his like abs were chiseled, and you know, like that's obviously attractive. But yeah, I don't know about the hair. It's a lot of hair. He's a hairy guy. He seems like a hairy dude. He's a hairy dude. 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I guess I'm the only one. Wow. Yeah. That was. I thought you were gonna have a way bigger response. I mean, I was like, (laughs) that was intense. It's Yeah. yeah. So Harper gets hit, reacts to the hit for a second, gets really mad. You see him. He points his bat to Strickland, and then he takes off his helmet. Throws the helmet is like meaning to hit him, but he misses. I think he threw it away from him. Oh, I really? Do too. Yeah. The I helmet he, like throw was to hit him, but like, but that's a big deal. Like, apparently, throwing the helmet is like a major deal, and that was like everyone's. So, upset about Irene, it. do you know what the consequences are? Because all, all I've followed is like, you know, some people were, <laughs> were talking about the helmet, and then it doesn't even look like Bryce Harper really hits him, right? Well, or does he, he get, like, punches him in the guy. face once, and then I think Strickland hits him like twice. Mm-hmm. Um. And the whole bench is cleared out to, like, take them apart. And, like, three Giants guys had to, like, pick up Strickland and move him to the back to the bench. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. And a lot of people are siding with Harper. So I don't know what the actual, like, repercussions of it will be. But even Harper, because he's so, like, smart and understanding. He was like, I respect Strickland. Like, he knew exactly where he could hit. I think it was an in- intentional, but at least he didn't go for the face. He didn't go for my head. Like, he hit me in a place that he knew it would just, like, bother me a lot. And I decided to go and hit him. And that was my decision. Like, he takes responsibility for it, so I'm sure he'll, like, be out for a couple games. But I just thought it was crazy. I was so stoked They should have taken their shirts off, and then we should have sprayed yeah. water. Yeah. And then, like, somebody, like, sprays oh, oil on them. on the field. Damn. <laughs> fighting and rolling around. Woo! But yeah, I have got a, nothing on the box. So huh? Bryce, if you're listening, uh, I have a major crush on you. Oh my god! From that to Tiger Woods, I yeah, love the his Tiger Woods thing's crazy too. Well, Tiger yes. Woods, by the way, says that he it wasn't alcohol; that it, it was actually just medication mm-hmm. that mixed with him wrong. But does anyone believe he looks that? Horrible. He looks like trash, dude. I think Tiger Woods. I looked at that. I've been reading this story nonstop too, because of course, when back like in 2009, when he was like having sex with all those hookers and like waitresses. I just feel like Tiger Woods is an example of someone who's, like, not capable of living his life on his own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's, he was always under the mindful watch of his dad, sure. and then his dad passes away, and now he's just, like, he can't function. Wow. I know, he looks like I a mean, mess. I mean, he can't get a driver. Uh, I would think right. he's worth $200 million. God. $200 million. Uh, the one last story I wanted to share with you before we talk here. Um, did you see this new pineapple trend where, I didn't even know this, but Dole Pineapple has been playing with various strands of pineapple. And you're going to see this all over your Instagram, but it's actually pink pineapples mm. on the inside. You ever seen this? Ooh. Whoa. I oh, know. God, that's going to be all over Instagram. Here it comes. So get ready for your next, uh, they're calling it the rosé pineapple. I like that. You're living for that. Oh, that's going to make fire sangria. Now I like that. Rosé. It's Del Monte's new pineapple, and it's been genetically engineered. I'm sorry, I don't eat GMO. To produce lower levels of enzymes already in conventional pineapples that then convert to a pink pigment Mm. from that yellow pigment. So now these hot pink pineapples will be circulating on your social media. Interesting. Are you ready to cut your hair, Paul Wharton? This is the deal. Now, for those of you that don't know cut it. that don't know me, um this I is huge. when I come to work at Fox 5 and when I do all these other events, like I have a hair person that comes with me. Paul literally comes with his glam squad. I, I have hair and, and makeup every day. Hair it's and makeup. a lot. It's a lot. So what, four days a week, five days a week sometimes? Yes, That's Paul, a lot. That's a ton. That is a lot. So there's something that happened on, okay, so I do this kind of slick back look every now and again, and it usually comes from when I wash my hair myself, and then I feel how dry it is from all that blowing and flat ironing. Right. And then I'm just like, I can't. I, I cannot <laughs> have another blowout right now. So I hit that wall when I was in London. So the first day, I got my hair done right before I got on the plane. Okay. And I was super fresh. And then that first night, it was all fabulous. And then I partied that night, and we had such a good time. And my hair smelled like cigarette smoke because people were smoking around me. Oh, yeah, right. So I took a shower, and then I flicked it back. And everybody was giving me all these compliments. Like, oh, you look so chic. Oh, you know, la, 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 and all that stuff. So I just was kind of like, gosh, I really feel like having another person always around me to do my hair is starting to weigh on me and maybe it's just time for me to make a bit of a change. So I'm just kind of I'm slicking back right now and I'm deciding what I want to do um, you know, if I want to get a shorter haircut, 
you know, just something that's a bit more manageable. So I don't want to have like people around me. The dilemma is that your hair is iconic. Like essentially I your mean, hair I, is your thing, it's right? It's like, will anybody recognize me anymore? Like, what the fuck? Can you see me? I mean, do I exist? I like, mean, Paul, what? I think you should 100%. First of all, your hair will grow back. Yeah. I think you should 100% do it because you do? you've had the yeah. same haircut, what, 10 years, 20, 15 probably, years? Probably, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my God, Paul! I think it would be so amazing. You think so? I think it'd be so liberating. And my mom, I think it would be like the whole new one Paul. One person that I thought would, because my mom is all about like keep doing that shit that you're doing to make it work. You know what I mean? Love her. But she told me yesterday on the phone. She's like, "Why don't you just get a cute shortcut? And it would be so cute." I was like, "Really? You could rock it one thousand percent." So, oh but my what God, about I... my book cover? My book comes out in September. They already have my book cover. Do you think I would have to change that? No. Because it would still be me, right? Still you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, I'm looking at all your I'm looking at all your pictures on Google. So I just like <laughs> Google Paul Wharton and then the I years mean, of hair. You know, that's a lot. You've had some, yeah, you've had some insane <sighs> hair. Oh my god, and it's I amazing. Want, I don't know. I one thousand percent think that you should try it. You think I should? Yeah, yeah 100%. absolutely. Oh so my god, yeah, what do you all think? We'd love to hear what you think. Tweet us, say yes, no, or maybe so, and the reasons why. But yeah, I'm thinking about it. So. Paul, I think it would be so, like, the new well, you. Well, what style do you think? Like, the longer on top, you think I should just do it all short? What okay, do you think? I need to Google men's haircuts. I actually kind of like the longer. Well, yeah. but it's, if you have, like, a longer kind of swoop in the front, isn't that going to be still a lot of work? Because you're always going to have to have that blown out, right? Oh, but I can blow that out myself. That little... Oh, that you little can? <laughs> around brush. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, but I kind of want the side short and then this really short in the back. I think it would look I, so good. Would I feel really free? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I should oh. probably do it now that I'm because I'm really busy. Oh my god! Wait, wait, wait. You know? So, do you, are you yeah. thinking like this? This guy has like kind of like um. No, I don't know that it would be that long in the back. You think I should still keep it long in the back? It's like, like no, that's too. It's like an long. asymmetric bob. Ooh, bring up. You that. should like make the new trend. I feel like you have yeah. that power where if you get like a long like mohawky type of like short side, short back, long front. You this. He's cute, but all these people are white that you're showing me. No, no, wait. <laughs> but now, see, what about like something like that where maybe not quite that short on the side? Wait, this this but guy see, but, or no, this guy? guy? So it all go over that way, and then the long part would be oh. on one side, oh, and then Paul, that, that would be amazing. Like, what do you, think? you would cut this short. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah, she, she pulls up like La La Anthony. God damn it! Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I'm living for that guy. That okay, guy, so that looks hot, right? Is, yeah. We just okay, pulled yeah. up this hairstyle. Do you think I should grow a beard and then do? Yes, that? get a beard, get a beard, get a beard. Have we ever Whoa. seen Paul Wharton with a beard? Yeah, he has seen stubble and it looks but really stubble. good. Not really? I'll grow it in, but mine doesn't grow like, like that. <laughs> oh my god, Paul, that would be amazing. I think you should do it. I think it you would think be so? like. Don't you feel like it'd be liberating for you? It'd I be feel amazing. Like it would. Oh my God, Paul! Well, this would, would be my I, sex life too. It might actually help it makes it way easier. Right? It would change the dynamic of the people I'm dating. Because what you were saying, what when you have sex, you always have to like pull it back, it's or you have to. Horrible! Like, I always have to keep that silk scarf under my under my pillow. You know, as soon as I hear a slight bit of snoring, I go and pull that scarf out and put it on. It's too much work. I'm telling you, people. I know. And then I'm texting my like hair girl. Be here at seven thirty in the morning. I mean, like it's. Meet me at the station. Meet me at my house. Meet me in my office. I this mean, this seems even more amazing too. Do you think you're becoming lower maintenance here? Yeah, I want to. What? Whoa! I really do. Oh my god, this is unreal. I want to. I really do. I just want to chill the fuck out. Oh my god. But work a lot. You know? Work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, you got to do this, and we got to get. We got to do this live on Facebook. Do you trust your hairstylist? Do you love your hairstylist? I do, but I think there's going to be a lot of negotiation going on there with me. Uh, not with the Facebook Live thing, but with me and her. Like, it might be a bit too traumatic for that. But I'm not going to, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, for me to go through this, it's going to be a moment. I'll probably be drunk. I'll be cursing her out. She'll be cursing me out. Like, <laughs> and we'll just have to get there. You know? Wow, that's a we'll lot of negotiation. But, right. Yeah, so, I mean, this room seems pretty, like, everybody says so I should do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Should, I, want it, I want you to do it, like, immediately. I, ah! I love that you're becoming low maintenance. It's going to be summer. Yeah. It's going to be hot. I don't believe it. Yeah. Back. Cut it off. I can't wait till you're so like good. completely like just com- yeah. no no makeup. And then I'm going to come in here. Hey, phrase with Paul Warden. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, baby. Hit us up. 
You like that? We'll be like, uh, <laughs> where, who's this man <laughs> co-hosting that? What? What happened? Hey, when I leave here, I'm going to the gym, too. Hey, how do you like that? <laughs> I'm going to Equinox. Yeah. How is it? Oh, my God. All right. Uh, tweet at us. It's at HeyFrage on Instagram, on Twitter. It's at Paul Wharton on That's Twitter. Right. It's Paul Wharton style on Instagram. That's right. Oh, my God. Be Thank following us on Thank you for letting me share all that shit today. I needed to get that out. Thank you. Got thank it, you. Girl. Thank you. I you love you. You're getting so much advice. I, I thought you wanted me cool in the gang. I love you. Yeah, too. we're gonna do that. Come on. Hey. Bye. All right. Everybody. Bye, guys. Woo! We love Thank you. you.